Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR podcast. Had a really great guest tonight. His name's Dave Robinson. We talk about uh, the West Virginia Beast and uh, the weekend. We talk about a lot of other races and how he's training for them and everything, and it's a good interview. I hope you enjoy it. Here it goes. David Robinson, what is up today, my brother? How's it going, man? I'm feeling good. How about you? Pretty good, man. A little beat up from this past weekend's race, man. You you did two more races than I did, and I feel like uh, pretty beat up, so <laughs> I can't imagine how you feel. Yeah, I'm pretty rough. I'm probably going to take this whole week off. <laughs> probably smart. Probably smart. Recovery is key. Actually, uh, I floated today. I floated in one of those sensory deprivation tanks. So yeah, I saw your friends. Instagram stories and, the, and, uh, and where you went to it, and that's kind of like a super Epsom salt bath or something. Bingo. Yeah, exactly. So you're in a 1,000 pounds of Epsom salt. The, the water's skin temperature, so you don't feel the water at all. Totally dark, no sounds. I mean, it is just like you and your thoughts, and uh, really, really good for recovery, both mentally just because there's no stimuluses, but also physically, I mean, the Epsom salt is is – awesome the magnesium's great and, and it's totally relaxing the gravity you know can't really do it's it's work on your or it works a little bit differently you know so you're you're just floating it gives everything a break it feels fantastic that's pretty cool is, you, is there one of those places like pretty close by to where you live at yeah i live in richmond virginia so we're uh, we're a pretty small medium-sized town but we've got a couple of different places around town that that we can float in and um you know i'm i'm kind of into the biohacking stuff so i do you know the cold exposures and the cryotherapy and the ice baths but then i work on the breathing techniques and you know just try to i'm not a great athlete man so i'm just trying to to get all the hacks i can so hey, hey. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm the same i do the same thing we, we went to the room uh saturday after the beast and there was a hot tub and like a pretty it's a pretty chilly pool and we'd get in the hot tub and jump in the pool get in the hot tub jump in the pool you know and we'd soak in Beautiful. each one of them for a few minutes to kind of help recover contrast therapy i love it that's right so dave t- tell us a little bit about you know how you got into fitness and um like how you got into ocrs man yeah man so uh i was kind of a played team sports my whole life I, I still play soccer twice a week pretty competitively um you know i i didn't end up playing anywhere in college or anything but when i got to to college my random roommate was like a four or five time national junior powerlifting champion so wow. went from like a super skinny 150 pound you know all endurance soccer player to i think i graduated like 210 something like that so i've got a pretty good strength base as well and i actually was a strength and conditioning coach at university of richmond for about a year worked with football men's soccer women's soccer field hockey a little bit of lacrosse so i kind of got really deep into the strength and conditioning world left that for a long time um and then got in, got kind of back into it now. But I started Spartan racing in Wintergreen uh, five years ago, exactly on Saturday. So oh that wow! Was the, 
2013 wintergreen and dude that race kicked my ass i had no preparation going into it i was kind of coming out of a a lull where i wasn't doing a whole lot of working out and swore to god i'd never do another one and here we are like 40 races later and five years later and starting to rock and roll a little bit so yeah man yeah i i did i had no idea what i was getting into I, i saw it on youtube thought it was cool did it with a buddy of mine he never showed up again. <laughs> and y'all decided, let's go do this. Let's go do this one in wintergreen. It's close to the house. It, bingo. That's the only reason <laughs> we did it. And it was like the following weekend. It was like, hey, man, you free this weekend? It's like, yeah. It's like, let's go do this cool race. It's like, okay. And I just, I had no idea what I was getting into. But um, it was actually the one moment that really stuck with me from that race was, you know, maybe half mile, mile left to go. And, and I remember distinctly, I, I was bitching to my buddy. I was like, dude, my legs hurt so bad. This is crazy. And I turned the corner and I see a group of maybe 20 or 30 guys and gals from Operation Enduring Warrior. Right. Um, so that's the group where they, they take out wounded veterans yeah. and have them do a bunch of cool stuff. And so they were, you know, military fatigues, military gas masks. A couple of them had no legs or one leg and one arm. They had one paraplegic there you know totally uh no legs and no arms being carried by his buddies and that shut me up real quick gives me goosebumps now thinking about it so um that that was a very like powerful moment for me i was like wow okay this is like this is more than just a weekend thing you know this has got some some power behind it and came back and did the next one the year later and then i got my first trifecta did three races then six races did 12 last year and dipped my toe into elite and i think i've done 10 10 ish this year as well and just gotten better and better and better at it each year, which is, you know, the idea. Had yeah. just as much fun throughout, so. Yeah, I think OCR is one of those things where the the more races you do, you kind of get better at it by doing more races, I think. I mean, exactly. that's, that's just the only way. It's just, you know, time in there. You learn how to, you know, go through the obstacles and transition in and out of them faster by doing more exactly. races. I mean, it just wraps under the bar. It's like anything else, you know. It's just practice, you know, practice makes perfect and it's really hard like you can't replicate a twister right you can't right. replicate i mean i guess you could build an olympus but that's hard to do you know so yeah, it's just this yeah the the specialist athlete i think is never going to do as well as a good generalist athlete you know like the marathon runner or the powerlifter is never going to do great in ocr at least these like longer ish courses but um you know you got to be good at everything and that's what i like really attracted me to the sport yeah i mean you really do i mean to be to be on the top you have to be a a really good runner but i mean you can't just be a good runner exactly i mean you've got to it's like you know like i said you got to be the total package pretty much and that's what I, i really loved is because at this race on strava they i don't know who did it but they broke it down into all these segments of the race yeah and you can go on there and compare all your segments to everybody. And I think I realized that the best thing I was that good at over the weekend was technical downhills and the bucket carry. Everything else I pretty much sucked at. <laughs> as hey, far man, as like, is relative. It's like the uphills I wasn't good at. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. in South Georgia, you do what you can, you know. Yeah, I don't think you got too many uphills down there. And, yeah. you know, we don't have too many of them here in Richmond, but... You know, we're about an hour and a half away from the Blue Ridge, so really I don't have an excuse. And yeah. I got a treadmill in my room, so I really don't have an excuse. But um, that's that's my biggest weakness as well, man. So I, I think you're you're definitely not alone there. It's it's running up mountains. Yeah. Like, that's freaking novel. Because um, yeah, running up treadmills gets 
boring fast. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what you do for a living now, Dave? Are you, are you a personal trainer? I think I saw like where you look like you were doing some personal training on your Instagram. Yeah, man, we've got a, a pretty cool thing going here in in, in Richmond. So, uh, are you familiar with the Blue Zone concept by chance? I'm not. So, Blue Zones are these places. Uh, a while back, some researchers from National Geographic tried to find the places in the world where basically longevity is the highest and instances of disease are the lowest and to figure out why that's the case, right? And so there's five blue zones in the world. Um, there are three islands, Ikra off the coast of Greece, Sardinia off the coast of Italy, and then Okinawa off the coast of Japan, as well as uh, an island or sorry, a peninsula in Costa Rica and a town in Southern California. So right. in these, in these places, Based on how people live, how active they are, how they source their food, how they spend their time, um, you know, the parts of the, of the community that they're in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard for them to be unhealthy, right? Whereas right. in most places of America, in the Western world, in the world in general, it's hard to be healthy. Right? Right. You know, 70% of people are obese, overweight, et cetera. Because we got so, Pizza Hut and like Because we, we got good food and TVs and, right. <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> you know, we like to be comfortable. Um, you know, so what I've, I've kind of created with another buddy of mine is, is a blue zone here in Richmond. We're calling it GS Nation. Uh, so we're looking at things from, you know, that kind of 30,000 foot perspective. So focusing on mindset and sleep, nutrition, recovery. Uh, training and community, you know, so I'm not reinventing the wheel on a lot of this stuff, you know, this right. is my own research on, on a lot of this stuff, but it's, it's kind of applying principles and solid strength and conditioning and just, you know, health and wellness principles in each of those areas and giving them the weight that they deserve, you know, so you got to sleep. And if people are sleeping five, six hours a night or not having good sleep hygiene, like all that translates to a lot of different areas. And so um, we do personal training, we do individualized coaching, we do group workouts every single week. We partner with a lot of gyms and studios here in Richmond, and we bring our members to them at a discount. Uh, we partner with nutritionists and acupuncturists and functional medicine practitioners and cryotherapy places and kind of all down the line. And our members kind of get access to all that stuff uh, as well. So, that sounds um, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a, you know, it's relatively novel, I think. Um, you know, but I've, I've been a personal trainer in the past. You know, and people go to personal trainers for two reasons. It's accountability. You know, I pay you money and you set an appointment with me and you, I'm going to be there Tuesday at four, you know, Tuesday at 10, whatever it is. Um, you know, and then the trainer tells that person what to do. And so a lot of, a lot of people are, you know, trying to lose weight or just look a little bit better, feel a little bit better, et cetera, et cetera. And they're out there doing bodybuilding splits and spending time on the elliptical you know, and either not working as hard as they need to work or they're smashing their stuff into the ground and not recovering at all, right. you know. So uh, we're either kind of pushing people along a little bit or holding them back a little bit, and that's kind of tailored to the individual. So, right. How does the nutrition part go about this blue zone you talk about? Yeah, so with the nutrition, uh, a lot of that has to do with in the blue zones, it's how they're sourcing their food, you know, sourcing it locally, um, you know, eating whole food, eating a lot of plants, not eating too much food, uh, drinking a lot of water, that type of thing. But it's also, you know, the community aspect plays into that. So typically in our culture, we're, you know, and I do, I do this too. I'm not perfect in any of this. I wish I was. But, you know, a lot of times I'm like scarfing down my breakfast cold in my lap while I'm driving to a training session at right. five in the morning. You know, like eating mindfully, 
right? But when you slow down and you actually like think about where your food came from and, you know, you start to actually taste and enjoy your food, it gives you a, a greater connection to things. And, and that translates into a lot of different areas as well. So, um, you know, we've got a meal delivery service that we partnered up with. We do a lot of education behind food. Uh, a lot of people are scared of carbs. You know, a lot of people are going keto train and there's a lot to be said for that. Um, but it's not for everybody, you know, not so we me. just try to, yeah, I like not cake. for me either. <laughs> Man, I, I tried to go keto and, you know, I, I did it and mentally I felt great. You know, my abs came out, but I couldn't, I, I had no like fourth or fifth gear. Like I was stuck yeah. in second or third. I just had no pop. You know, so. I think it just pissed me off seeing people eating carbs, and I was over there just eating the same meat all the time. <laughs> I think I would just get old. Yeah, yeah. No, no burgers for you. No fries. No beer. Yeah. Nothing good. Oh, man. I can have the burger. I just can't have the bun. What's the fun in that? Right. Right, and you can't mm. eat the fries with it. I mean, yeah, and you, know, you can't put ketchup so. on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and I mean, really, with keto, if you're doing keto, right? You know, sub thirty, sub forty grams of carbs, and and that's it's just, nothing, man it's hard to do. It's so hard to do. It's not sustainable. You know, now if you're, if you've got 200 pounds to lose or, you know, if you've got a, a GI tract issue or right. you know, something along those lines, oh, then yeah. it's great, you know, but for a performance athlete, like it's typically not necessarily the way to go unless you're running ultra marathons, you know? Um, but you know, th- there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. And that's the cool thing about, you know, strength and conditioning, health and wellness is there's never one way that works for everybody. You know, everybody's got their own body. Everybody's got their own, you know, things that work for them. And it's the kind of role of the coach or the trainer, or frankly, that individual themselves to figure out what works best for them. Yep. And everybody's got their own different genetics too, where a certain type of diet might work with one person, but it won't work with another. Exactly. And I, and I tossed around the idea about trying the ketogenic diet just because everybody, you know, is getting on that train but and i said well you know when i come to a big race i could just carb load for that race and then go back to keto and i'm thinking no that's not going to be me because i'm just going to fall in love with carbs all over again and then... <laughs> so so just keep the love affair going man. yeah man you know? just keep the love affair so, going like i said i mean at, at this point like i've i've gone all in on carbs and when i up my carbs from like maybe 150, 200 grams a day to like four or 500 grams a day. Like I started getting, I started seeing some serious improvements in a lot of areas, you know? So, um, I think most of most athletes probably chronically under eat. Hmm. So what kind of carbs are you talking about eating? You're talking about 500 grams of carbs. That's a lot of carbs. It's a lot. It's a lot. I eat, I eat probably two or three sweet potatoes a day. I probably eat a cup or two of quinoa or like white rice a day. Uh, I make these protein pancakes. I eat maybe half a container of honey a day. You know, so obviously like, yeah, I love honey, man. Man, I do too. (laughs) That's a lot Um, of calories and honey, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's a fair amount of sugar, but the, you know, the glycemic index isn't exactly that, that high in the honey. Um, You know, so it's, like you said, it's hard to get 500 grams of carbs. It just is without eating sugar. But I do try to eat relatively clean, all things considered. And right. I mean, dude, I'm 30 years old. Like, I'm gonna go get some beers every now and then. I'm gonna go have some pizza every now and then. Like, yeah. I had Thai food last night, you know. But for the for the you know 90 percent of my meals, 95 percent of my meals, I'm I'm pretty dialed in on it. So 
Um, and that's paid a lot of dividends. You know, it really has. It's, you know, that 10 pounds of fat that you get rid of really matters going up and down hills like we just went up and down. I guess mountains like we just went up and down this past weekend. So Yeah, I know I had about 10 pounds of fat I needed to shed before the race. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question. You said white rice. Now, why would you eat white rice over brown rice? I don't really digest brown rice very well. Okay. Uh, it's, and I don't know the exact science behind that, um, but there's it doesn't really break down well in a lot of people's bodies. So a lot of what I try to focus on is like is nutrient timing. So I, I get, I get a lot of my carbohydrates kind of middle end of the day, uh, or in and around my workouts. So that white rice is a very much a simple carbohydrate and that's going to go be digested very quickly and absorbed in your bloodstream very quickly. And so I want that like immediately after, or, you know, in that kind of workout window. Right. Gotcha. Um, I just, I don't, you know, I don't feel good when I eat brown rice. Right. So, but again, like you said, that's a genetic thing, I would imagine. Yeah. So, I know a lot of people have no problems with it, so. Right, I just know that they always say that brown rice is just a little bit more healthier. It's got a little more protein in it and all that, and that might be the the problem with the digestive. It probably doesn't digest as fast because of the proteins in it. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it is a slower digesting carbohydrate. You're absolutely right. And I think there's there's obviously a time and a place for that. Um, you know, that's why I go kind of the quinoa and sweet potato route, but I've been known to load up on my white potatoes and red potatoes too. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. just kind of a matter oh, of I, I love I, a good I a sweet potato with some honey and some cinnamon in it. Oh, man. Dude, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Sweet Top potato notch. fries. I like sweet potato fries too. And it, you got to have that burger with it, though, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dave, I met you when uh, in Charlotte, and when it was a very, very cold race. And I remember getting, yes. I remember getting behind you, and you ran the whole race with sunglasses on. And I was like, "Look at this dude!" <laughs> <laughs> and man, That's I remember thing, you man. smoking that sandbag carry there. And I, at that point, we had just come out from under that barbed wire, and I was freezing to death. I couldn't even feel yeah. my hands on the sandbag. But I remember you smoking that sandbag carry. Yeah, carries are, are, you know, when you said, hey, my strength is, is you know, the technical downhills and the carries, mine is not the technical downhills, but it's probably double up on the carries. And that, that just goes back to the strength background. You know, I mean, I, I do a lot of weighted carries. I walk around with a weighted vest a lot, um, but I used to be about 40 pounds heavier. And that was a while ago. It's probably five or six years ago. But at the same time, like my, I used to have some pretty solid powerlifting numbers and you know, I spent a lot of time under the bar, and so I feel like that residual strength just never really goes away. Right. And I don't really do a ton of deadlifting or squatting now, but um, I can move. I can move mass, and so that's you know, I just every time I get to something like that that I actually feel good in, I try to like drop the hammer, you know, right. and just you know, bury whatever I can bury, and and kind of leave my soul out there with that because i know i'm going to get passed again on the uphills so i might as well try to make up some time while i can yeah it's kind of um, the way i do i and what's funny is is i'll pass a bunch of guys on a technical downhill and then it'll get flat again and they've just got a faster pace so they just come yeah. right back around me <laughs> yeah i played i played touch and go with a couple people for the first five or six miles of of the uh the race this past weekend the beast on saturday and for the first one or two like we'd be like yeah man good job like good pass and yeah you know and, and then it was just like oh well, i'll pass you and yeah half a mile and then you'll pass me and mile after that and so we kind of stopped talking to one another 
stop giving the kudos. Yeah. But no, that was a fun race down in Charlotte. That really was pretty cold. But God almighty, uh, it was cold. And the day before, yeah. man, it was it was. I mean, it rained all day, but it did. It was it was still a good day. I mean, that next morning we come back. That had to been one of the coldest races I've ever done. That was the muddiest thing I've ever seen in my life as oh, well. Man. You remember like the, the festival area on that Sunday? Oh yeah. It was bad. It was almost as bad as Asheville was this year. It was it was bad. Man. Did you make Olympus at that race? Uh the Charlotte? Yeah. I did. I did. Oh, uh man. at least on, on that second day when we when we both got, got age group. It was uh, so I missed... freaking muddy. I only made it like halfway across it, I think. I tell you what, what got me is, you know, I missed the spear on the first day and I was following Kevin Donahue like relatively closely. Right. Uh, and I mean, dude, he's a freaking stud. I don't care yeah, how is. old he is. You know, he's <laughs> a freaking champ. Um, so we, I saw him, I was coming into the spear, he had hit the spear and I was just telling myself, and I'm, I'm probably like 30% on the spear, man. Like I just, I have <laughs> one, I practice, I practice I hit it like five times on Friday. I just fucking can't hit it during the. <laughs> I just can't. Do I know. It. It's just like a pressure thing or something. Yeah, man. I don't know. Like, I know I can do it, and I just have such a difficult time doing it, like yeah. in the race. But uh, so I hit it in Charlotte, and so Donahue and I, Kevin and I, got to the Hercoise at the exact same time, and I couldn't budge the thing. Like Ooh. my hands were so cold. It was so wet. Like. Yeah. I, I normally that's no problem. I've never missed that in my life, but I couldn't even move it. So I spent like two minutes trying to move it. Then I did my burpees, and then by that time he was gone. But so let me tell you about let me tell you about Hercules Hoist in Charlotte. So I ran four laps on Saturday, you know, and just <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I run age group that morning, and uh, I you know, and I had all day. I wasn't like on a time crunch or nothing. I was up there by myself, and I said, and I was getting ready for the new jersey ultra and right. i think this will be a good training day so yeah i i ran four laps and every single lap i'd try a different bag on that hercules hoist and i know there was about two pulleys that were about half worn out wow and you know it rained all day so the bags got wet the ropes swole yep. and i think it was the second one from the right side after you pass the obstacle it was the easiest one to pull up and i knew exactly which one to go to and i remember there was like 10 guys over there doing burpees when i got there and i pulled that bag up (laughs) man dude good on you good on you i I probably moved it half an inch in two minutes of my hardest possible effort yeah man i ain't kidding you there was one pulley i know it was just worn slap out like it right. wouldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't budge it. It was just worn out. Cause I remember that there's, he's in the, he's in the higher age group. He's either in the 40 plus or 50 plus, but he's like, I don't know, six foot five and just swole man. And I saw him over there doing burpees and I was like, dang, I know which one he went to. <laughs> <laughs> he went to that bad probably one. Probably the same one I did. <laughs> one next to it. Yeah. Oh, that's funny as hell. But, but yeah, that was a cool race, and you got first place age group, and I just barely got in third place. I didn't even see you after the sandbag. I never saw you again. That was how far you were ahead of me. Man, that that was really cool, and and I'm I gotta like give kudos and props to Spartan for doing that because you know like I'm I can I can have as positive of an attitude as I want, but you know Ryan Atkins and beat me by fifty four minutes on Saturday. Oh yeah, and it's, it's just he like, beat me by an I, hour. <laughs> yeah you know like I, I can you know 
it, it was really damn cool to be on a podium. It was really very motivating and oh, yeah. validating. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a really neat experience. So uh, I'm glad they did the age group. I still want to keep moving up the elite ranks, um, but I'm really glad that they did the age group as well. Well, man, did you see the elite heat at uh, on the beast Saturday? I think yeah. it, looked, it looked like there was like sixty people in it, and then our age group started, and there was like two hundred and fifty people in our age group. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a lot of people were realizing that there's no chance I can get on the podium in elite. So age group is where I'm at. So that's why the age group I believe is going to become more popular than elite will. Definitely, it. it definitely in these bigger races you know like these regional races like like a charlotte or something like you know ryan oh, woods yeah. is going to go out and throw down you know kent's going to be there you know he's pretty he's a local guy you know so like still probably not going to get on the podium there but you can creep up in in the rankings you know yeah uh, but but out of those 50 or 60 guys in, in elite like i mean it was the who's who's of obstacle course racing oh it yeah it really was you know male and female like it was wild so um, and then, dude, in the in the age group, age group was stacked. Yes, yes, it was stacked. I mean, it was that was wild as well. I mean, it's just a high, high, high level of competition, and especially at that like regional championship. So, oh yeah, um, you ain't got to think it was the best of the best that come out, come out. You know, so. exactly, exactly. That's why I was I was pumped how I did. I was pumped. Yeah, man, so. you did great, man. You qualified for Tahoe, didn't you? I snuck in, man. I snuck in. Are you so going? Are you going? I would love to, man. I, I'm I'm fifty fifty. It's an expensive trip. It's an expensive trip. I'm not probably not prepared for it from a physical standpoint. The altitude's gonna kick my butt and yeah. I haven't really been training the distance. Um I, I tell you what I am doing, which is kind of altering my decision. I'm I am doing OCR World Championships in London. Uh, oh wow. That's the month after Tahoe. So I kinda gotta pick one of those two. So I think I'm gonna pick OCR Worlds. Right. Um, That'll be a cool trip. To, you going to Tahoe? No, I didn't qualify. Oh, man. I just, close, though, right? I was, I was 31st, but I mean, I wasn't going. That You're right. It is an expensive trip, and I, like I yeah. said, I wasn't planning on going to it anyway. We're going to do uh, – we've already signed up to do the Killington Ultra next oh, nice. month. Yep, next month. So I think Tahoe's like a week or two after week that. After. So, yeah, I mean, we didn't even – I wasn't even thinking about doing it. So, I mean, I was, I mean, I was kind of like, it would be cool to say, yeah, I qualified for it. But another part of me was like, I don't need to do that. Cause then I'm just going to be messing somebody else out of the position to qualify yeah. that they probably would want to go. And I knew I wasn't going because we're going to do Killington. So right, it all worked. Right. Out. Yeah. I mean, I, I frankly had no expectations coming in. Um, me neither. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't race the venue last year. I loved the venue. I loved it. I'll go back next year. Oh, yeah. Last year. I mean, was... honestly, I mean, both years were pretty much just the same. I mean, of course, the trails were routed differently and everything, but, I mean, it was just an epic time both years. Yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. say I liked one year better than the other because, to me, they were virtually about the same. I mean, I loved both of them. They were both great races. But you're you know, right. It, it is an awesome venue. It's an awesome venue, and and the it was a different type of elevation. So, had, did you ever run Wintergreen? Um. Yes, I ran it in 
2015, I believe. Okay. So last yep. year it was there. I ran it. Last year it was there. Exactly. Uh, I ran it 20. That might have been 16. But either either way. Um, and yeah, then, you're right. You're right. You're right. It was 2016. Because Arrington was the first year last year, and, and I had expected there to, there to be hills, and it was flat as can be. Yep. <laughs> it was a cool venue, though. I got it. I liked it. Jason Barnes, like it. he he did really good with with that course. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, he really did. I would I, like I to go to it again it. this year, but I'm not going to make it. Yeah. Well, you did you did uh, the tri-state New York race as well on the mountain, right? Kings Mountain, I think that is. I know I did the tri-state. Uh, I did the Beast race. You did the Beast. Okay. All right, I did the in Beast as well. So the Wintergreen in Virginia, and then the tri-state in New York. Both those were were like very rocky, yeah, like just very technical. Um, you know, you're up and down ski slopes, and that's kind of what I expected Wintergreen to be. But Wintergreen, like to my happy surprise, was you know a lot of the verticals and a lot of the the elevation was like in the woods uh, on yeah you know, on like soft kind of moss and dirt and you know leaves and stuff like that. So it was it was much more pleasant, I would yeah. say. Um, so I was, I was happy with it. It really was. Yeah. So was there anything that you did differently to like prepare for this race? Were you like souping up for it or, you know, I, there's a, there's a quote that it's Richard Kipling and, and he says along the lines of, um, you know, like if you did not get what you want, it's a sign that you did not seriously want it or you tried to bargain on the price. Right. And I feel like I tried to bargain on the price of this race a little bit because I, I wasn't running like I hadn't put the miles in. I really know I needed to put in. I hadn't put the vertical in that I know I really needed to put in. And so what I did is I focused a lot on my sprint work and my strength. I started got under the barbell over the last eight weeks again. I pushed some sleds. I pulled some sleds, um, got on the track. And, and I really did feel like I had an extra gear uh you know, to kind of accelerate a little bit in and out of obstacles. And I felt like my carries were really strong. Your log uh, carry was strong, man. You were blasting. Yeah, my log man. carry felt great. Yeah. Um, I was running with that thing. I was you, know? say, you, then, you run the whole thing, it looked like. I, I ran yeah. about three quarters of it. And I got tired. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and, you know, so I, I ran the log. And at the very end of the bucket, I, I shuffled the bucket. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was half my line. But I, I got the tire, man. And, you know, I was probably – I, I think they had the splits somewhere. I think maybe Athlinks had the splits. I, I don't know where exactly I saw that, but like, I think I was like 60th going into the into the kind of the tire flip or kind of in and around there, and I, I was like 30th leaving the bucket or something, you know. And so I I made up a lot of ground kind of at the very end, being able to hit the you know flip the tire and carry the bucket pretty quick. So yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm focusing on my strengths, which is my strength, and just trying to slowly chip away at, at the aerobic you know, distance capacity stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the tire, it's the tire is just a frustrating obstacle. I mean, it's not really that hard to lift up. It's just getting your fingers up under it to lift it. I had no, I had no problems doing the super and the beast, but we run a sprint just as a fun lap. You know, a group of us just went out there and run it. And when I got there, I had to play with the tire just to, find a way to get my fingers under the right tread you know the one that was just had a little gap you could get your fingers under but so i I was playing around with it on on friday the open house and and 
at least the one on Friday, you know, you know, the, the treads and the tires, those grooves were really, really thick. Yep. So it, was, it was almost like you got a good handle on the groove itself. And so, yep. If you know, they're dry, I, you can pick them up by the tread and lift it, them up. Exactly. Exactly. And, and on Saturday they were dry and that's exactly what I did. I couldn't get my fingers up underneath it. And so right. I, I kind of, I kind of like put my chest on it and kind of had a little bit of a lean on it mm-hmm. and then grabbed the treads and, was able to pull it up that way so you know i think the first one i went to i put my hands under it and i just got lucky and i was able to get my fingers right up under it so it flipped it over pretty easy sometimes we get lucky sometimes you get the the pulley that works yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah hey man that was like an earned um you know one up on everybody because I run four laps the day before. No, man. oh, dude, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely earned I remember, that. I remember telling, uh, I think my buddy Andrew Bruner, he was in that heat with us that morning. I, I think I told him, I was like, dude, you know, whatever you do, don't get this one and get this one, you know? <laughs> I should have had my ears open a little bit then. Yep. Could have picked up a tip or two. But, yeah, but, uh, man, at that point in the race, your our hands were just numb, dude. I was freezing. I was freezing. And, you know, I do a lot of cold exposure stuff. Like, I do ice baths and I do cryotherapy and stuff. But I was I was really cold because that was after the creek, you know, the yep. creek wall, you know, that they roll through. Um, you know, so that's, yeah, I'm, I'm sad summer's coming to an end. Let's put it that way. I know. But, I hope Killington's not going to be super cold. I mean, I know it's going to be a little chillier up there, but I hope it's not like going to be like I can't feel my hands. Right. I have that Raynaud syndrome, and my hands get just where they hurt. My hands hurt the rest of that day after that race. Oh man. Do you wear gloves? Do you wear gloves like like warm gloves when you're running or anything? I mean, I wear some gloves just for abrasion, and I use them for uh, like carrying the bucket and like for the rope climb, just so I can like slide down. But I mean, all all the grip obstacles, I usually take them off. But no, they they were not for warmth. I mean, they're kind of like a mechanic's glove, more or less. Sure. Sure. I'll tell you what, I ran a couple years. Uh, I'd carry this little thing of chalk in my pocket, and that worked really great until it started raining. You're talking about that but, squirt uh, chalk? Yeah, like, like, uh, like, you know, weightlifting chalk. Yeah. You know, so before I get onto the rings or something like that, I have this little baggie where I had, like, you know, where I keep my goos and gels and stuff like that. And, you know, I had to stick my hands down in there, and that worked awesome. But obviously, if it's raining or, yeah. you know, you're going through the, the mud dunk wall first or something like that's it blows that up so then i just figured i'd just get my grip stronger yeah. but, <laughs> but it doesn't work when it's cold yeah i mean shoot i mean that's i'm all the time working on my grip you know but what, what do you like to do for that um it works you know a lot of times i always have like a pair of grippers in my car you know oh, yeah. and uh um, you know i'll do dead hangs you know and Sometimes I'll go to failure and sometimes I'll do like 30 on and 35 seconds off, you know, or, you know, and change right. those times around. And then a lot of times, man, I'll just walk around the house. I got a 45 pound kettlebell and then I got a 30 pound kettlebell and I'll just walk it until I drop the 45 and I'll switch hands, you know, just keep going like that for about 10 minutes sometimes. And I just walk around the house with a bucket sometimes too. Man, I'm killing it. Mm. I'm trying. That Olympus obstacle, man, when it's wet, man, I have problems with it. 
But I think I. And they had it. They had it like right after the dunk wall on Saturday. So oh, I, man. I, it was awful. I was. I started high and on my feet and I ended on like the very last rung or, you know, the very low, you know, circle holds and on my knees. <laughs> so it's just oh, this long, slow decline. Oh, uh, yeah. That was rough. It was rough. And then when we got to the Atlas ball, it's sitting in a hole almost level with the top of the ball and you can't even <laughs> roll it out of the hole because all it does is spin in the mud. Yep. It was, yep. that was nasty. It was pretty bad. Uh, I still can't believe you ran the whole trifecta. Like anybody who ran the whole trifecta weekend, I mean, my ankle was shot. Like I, my CNS is fried, and you know, just that. And you doing five? What did, did you run twice on that Sunday down in Charlotte, or did you just do five total that weekend? I did. I did five total. No, I didn't want any more of it after the cold race that morning. Yeah, <laughs> I was done, dude. I was done. <laughs> <laughs> Take me home. Take yeah. me home. <laughs> so, what did you roll your ankle during the race this past Saturday? Yeah, I did. I did. I rolled it. I've had bad ankles my whole life. Uh, I spent like May through July of last year, 2017, dealing with an ankle thing. And it's been pretty solid this year. I hadn't really had issues with it. You know, your, your ankle's a ball and socket joint. And most of the time, an ankle sprain is going to be on the outside of your ankle. Yeah. And I've somehow figured out how to sprain the inside of my ankle. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So that's like, like what, what happens, I think, is I, I'll land on my heel. Like I jump down from something landed on my heel and just kind of like jammed that ball up into the socket and just um, black and blue and lumping around like a dummy. But, um, you know, it was one of those things that that's one of the reasons why I'm proud of Saturday is I easily could have let that kind of derail me or quit or slow down or whatever, but I, you know, decided I made the decision just to gut it out. And, you know, so I feel definitely good about that, but, um, I was registered for the super on Sunday and I drove my butt home on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) What point in the race did your ankle start bothering? Um, right before the photographer on the top of the hill. Um, Oh, so that was about halfway then about halfway. Yeah. About halfway. And then I, I really did it good, uh, going into the, um, going into the dunk wall. So I, I got to the point into the dunk wall. I was like, all right, definitely not running tomorrow um but you know by that point there was only about a half mile left right um and i'm not going to say that it like affected me to the point where i you know could have done better if it hadn't happened maybe i did maybe i didn't but um you know i didn't feel great doesn't feel great now but totally worth it yeah there's quite a few people out there that uh rolled their ankles and they didn't i mean they were at the venue but they didn't come back for another race the next day yeah yeah i got the email from spartan today saying i could transfer my my thing and i never had that happen before so i still don't know how that works i'm gonna have to figure that out tomorrow (laughs) um i think you they give you like a deferral code and you got to pay 25 bucks to defer it or something like that do i have to sign up for the same one like do i have to sign up for a super again or can i sign up for something else uh i think they will let you sign up for another super um, you can probably do it for a sprint. They may let you sign up for another beast, but you might have to add some extra yeah. money to it. I don't yeah, know. If the best way to, I would tell you to, to do it is to, you know, go to their website, like in the middle of the day and click on the help button at the bottom and just get on the live chat with them. That's the best way. I've never found, thank you for telling me that. I, I felt it was the most genius thing ever just to have zero help. 
from a business thing to say, don't pay anybody to do this. You figure it out yourself. Yeah, I never realized there was actually help or a contact or something like that. So. Yeah, I mean, because that's the best way. I mean, either that, because if you do that, you're going to go back and forth with the emails, and they sometimes they'll take a little bit to respond to emails. Yeah. So yeah. That's usually okay, the cool. quickest ways is to do it. But, yeah, they'll send you a deferral code, and you just defer it to another race, and you got to pay the insurance fee again and all that jazz, right. of so course. It ends up being another 50 bucks or something just to just to trade it with the deferral and the insurance, but, you know, worth it. Well, see, man, just what you need to do is just buy that $1,000 pass when it comes around and, you I'm know. such an idiot. I did that 2017, and I waited till like, mid-January. I thought it was going to be fine, and that sucker sold out real quick. So yeah. I was... I couldn't I believe bummed. they put a certain amount of numbers on how many they would yeah. sell. It's amazing yeah. how the price in that pass has doubled over the uh, <laughs> few years, you know. Wouldn't be surprised if it's 1200 bucks this year. I don't That's what I'm is. thinking, too. That's what I'm thinking, too. And what was like a slap in the face is all the people that had one from the year before. We'll give you this $100 off code, but you got to use it within three days. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like... You know the you know the season's not right even over Christmas. yet. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's 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 smart, but um, I imagine it's going to come on sale anytime now. Anytime, I'm, I'm going to jump on it when it does because I'm not going to let my let myself do that again. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go sell some crack. That way, I can buy it. I got to sell some something. I'll tell you that. I got to tell you that. I got to start slinging. <laughs> but uh, this is an expensive hobby, man. It you know, is, I thought man. golf was expensive. This is expensive. I well, see, and then you got to think into all the travel. You know, you got to get yep. a room. You know. Yeah, I tell you, I was actually excited. I was going to camp on Saturday night, um, which I don't really get a ton of opportunities to do. I just don't do it as often as I'd like to do. But I got a hotel for Friday because I really want to do well on the beast. Right. And then Saturday, I was, or, you know, Saturday night I was going to camp, and Sunday I was just going to go run for fun. Obviously, try to do well, but have a good time out there. Maybe try some new stuff on obstacles or, yeah. or whatever it may be. Uh, maybe underhand toss the spear. Maybe I'll get it that way. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I ended up you know trying to save a little bit of money, but didn't didn't end up doing it. But you're right, man. It's a lot of money. It's a lot yeah. of money. A lot of travel. A lot of driving. Especially if you're flying, you know. That's the thing about Tahoe. Like the, you know that it's a small airport. I guess what do you fly to Reno or something or fly to uh, Sacramento? Yeah, I think some people do, and I've seen where some people fly, you know, fly into uh, Los Angeles and just take that long drive up there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just to save yeah, I, money on the flight because it's, it was cheaper to fly into L.A. And then rent a car and just drive five hours, yeah. It's yeah. actually not a bad idea. But, you know, they, they've got, I think what I'm going to end up doing, man, for next year is I think I'm going to transition a little bit to the shorter, faster courses with the emphasis on the strength stuff, you know, kind of like that TMX style, but yeah. stadium races, that type of thing. So there's a, a stadium race in Philly, um, which is about four hours from Richmond. Uh, and I got a couple buddies that live up there so I can crash for free. And oh, yeah. you know, so that's a nice, easy drive. And, you know, that's going to be 150 bucks all in as opposed to 1500 bucks all in. So as much as I want to go to Tahoe, Happy I qualified. I'm sorry for the place I took from someone who really wanted to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies to everyone. But, well, it's kind um, of ridiculous the way they did that, too, because, you know, the elites 
it rolled down. So if somebody had already qualified, it rolled down to the next person. And why they decided to not roll down the age group, I just don't, I don't get that. But yeah, you know, I guess, and I maybe they want to keep the heat small at Tahoe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that would, you know, I guess that makes sense because you've got it's supposed to be, I guess, the world championship, right? Or the is is Greece the world championship or is it Tahoe? It's Tahoe, it's, right? It's Tahoe. Tahoe, yeah. The, so I mean, the yeah, trifecta I I, championships is at Sparta. So to okay to win okay, it, okay. you have to do all three races, and you have to you know do them well. I guess I don't know if they rally up the points or if it's positioning. Huh. But if it would have been uh, Robert Killian would have won it if this was Sparta this past weekend because he got first place in all three races. Wow. Yeah, he run wow. age he run age group on the sprint because there wasn't an elite heat and he got first in it too. Jesus. Is is the so if he got first in Tahoe and then if he gets or sorry, he got first in, in West Virginia. If he gets first in Tahoe and first in Greece, doesn't he win a million dollars? No, see what you that is you have to do world championships, you have to get first. Okay. And once you do that, you have to get uh first place at the trifecta in Sparta. Then you have to go to that Iceland Ultra, which is a 24-hour oh, race. Geez, you have to run that race, get first place, and run 100 miles. <laughs> okay, Joe Desena. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard an interview where um, Joe Desena was interviewed, and they said their insurance agents made him put that hundred mile they said they were not going to sign up for the million dollar purse if he did not put a hundred mile distance on stipulation on there wow so i mean only two people will be able to have a chance in winning that and they have to win world championships you know atkins and killian right yep it's you know those and those are probably the only two men in you know contention that have run a hundred miles at like say tough mudder so yeah has has john john albin done tough mudder before i think he's done tough mudder. I don't know yeah 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 miles, yeah but, yes yeah but he i don't know if he's qualified for world championships yet i don't right. think he's done spartan stuff or, he hasn't he hasn't in the u.s i'm sure he has over there where he's from yeah makes sense britain or whatever um yeah that, i mean that's interesting i I ran a 50 mile race back in November. And so a buddy of mine and I put on this race in Richmond, called it the river city 50 miler. Uh, his sister passed away about a dozen years or 10 years or so ago from, uh, from cancer. And I mentor or kind of have a, a buddy relationship with a eight or nine year old kid who's got cancer here. I do some work with a child cancer support organization called Connor's heroes That's cool. uh, in town. And it's awesome. Awesome group. Uh, but we just did this race just kind of in, in memory of Becca and, and for Jack. And, you know, I, if we didn't have that why behind us, like we, we wouldn't have finished this thing. Our, our longest run leading up to the 50 was 20 miles as far as I've ever gone in my life. And so we, then we ran 50 that day. Um, how'd dude, you feel no after way. that race? <laughs> uh, I was at 0%. I was at 0%. Dude, his, his sister's a, a RN registered nurse and, we each got two bags, two IV bags after the race, right? Mm. And 
And I still woke up the next day peeing brown at 0%. Ooh, yeah, like, that's not I good. Was, <laughs> I was shuffling my legs for a week, like picking my legs up for two weeks to try to get into the, the you know, bathtub and walk up steps. I mean, I was trashed. Yep. Really glad I did it. No way I'm doing it again anytime soon. And there's no way 100 miles in 20, 24 hours without school should no. be possible. <laughs> man, the but, cold weather keeps me away from Iceland. I don't really yeah, know. man. <laughs> yeah, kudos to everybody out there doing it for sure. I mean, there's it's kind of like when you watch the CrossFit Games. You're like, there's no way people should be able to do this, and holy yeah. shit, they're doing it. Exactly. You know? and, and like, it's it's just it's motivating and it's all inspiring and it's like kind of like oh shit at the same time. <laughs> I think it'll but, be cool, you know, if if somebody try tries to go for it i think the most miles at iceland last year was 76 so yeah and you know depending on how they change it you know the the race and everything i think it's going to be tough for somebody to get 100 miles but million dollars is a lot of money and i don't know motivation seeing killian come and try to run you know win all three races this weekend makes me wonder was that his practice run for trying to win all three at sparta yeah good good call there i mean I, uh, it's just so cold. Like, I, yeah, no, there's no way to prepare for that. Like, I went to I went to Iceland with a buddy of mine in 2017 in early May, and we just like weren't prepared for how cold it still was. I mean, it was high of 35, low of you know in the 20s at night, and that was May. It's not December. You know, I think it's isn't it, isn't the race like New Year's or like the day or two after Christmas or something like that. Oh man, I can't. I want to say it's in. It is in December. It's during the uh, the Borealis or whatever. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got it's got to be gorgeous. Yeah, but I think they said it's during that rain. time of year where there's only like two or three days, two or three hours of sunlight. So oh man, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I mean that's that, twenty four hours of nighttime. Yeah, that's just about how horrible that would be. Yeah, and not this, not to mention, awesome. so when they did this, they did the race. Like if you failed an obstacle, you had this passport, what they called it, and it was a card. And they punched this card. I can't remember either, either if you failed it or if you passed it. And when you got back right before you went into the tent, they made you do all your burpees right there. So if you failed four <laughs> obstacles. You had to do, you know, all 120 of them right there. No way. Yes. Could you imagine that? No, I can't. That <laughs> Have a bad brutal. run. At least you get your heart rate, you know, your blood temperature back up. Yeah, warm yourself up right before you go into the warm tent. So right. Because I thought, you know, they were letting them do it in the tent where it was warm because probably wasn't nothing out there but ice, you know, to do burpees right. on. And they said, no, we made them do it before they went in the tent. Wow, man. <laughs> that just give me more reason not to leave the tent. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take my time in here. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, you know, we'll pick our strengths. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose. I'm going to go the opposite end of the spectrum. When Spartan does a one-miler, I think I'll do just fine at that. There you go. There you <laughs> we'll, go. We'll stick to that. Well, shoot, man. I, and I... I yeah, I'm. It's weird because sometimes I feel like, well, maybe I'm better at the long distance because I, I did really good at, you know, at the ultra in New Jersey and the beast there last year, you know, and and then this year West Virginia man, same thing happened that happened last year about mile eight, I start getting the sensation I'm about to cramp in my calf, so 
Yeah. You know, you have to throttle back and play defense from that, and that's what I had to do right. here. But and then you know, I got third and fourth in Charlotte running age group there. You know, so I just I don't know. I don't know where my wheelhouse is at, so I just I run all the distances. Run all of them and just play by ear. Yeah, I, know, I know one thing. We've, we've signed up to do the Killington Ultra. We're going to do that Carolina Ultra, and I, I'm, I'm not planning on doing any more Ultras next year just because that same thing you're talking about, it just beats you up a lot. Yeah, that, that was my question to you is, is how would you feel after those Ultras? I mean, that's, you know, 50 miles is a little bit different than 30 miles but no obstacles i just ran you know and it took me 13 hours so i you know like how long did it take you how'd you feel afterwards what, what was that like um the first year i did the ultra man it was bad like at the my it bands were lighting up after the first lap so i ran pretty much the whole second lap with my it bands bothering me so it's not fun it took it took like months to get my running capability back to where it was before that race right but this year i was a little more prepared for it um just putting in more miles and stuff beforehand or um yeah i was and i've just done a lot more races and i, I you know i was hammering every single downhill the first time i did it and this year you know i told myself you know smaller steps you know not so big strides and Right. I didn't have any problems with my knees, but it seemed like I got I was getting pain in my hip flexors from just trying to slow down going down the steep inclines. But right, I you know I was preparing for that race because I you know they were making it a big deal out of if you do it in under I think it was under ten hours in the elite you know it would qualify you for the elite heated Iceland. So that was my goal. I wanted to go there and I wanted to do it you know under ten hours. So. You know, I was, yeah, I was, you know, trying to prepare for it pretty big and I had a good game plan going in and I I think I, I did it in eight hours and 30 minutes and I ended up getting four, 14th in elite. So, dude, and then I was kicking myself because if I would have run age group, I would have been first place by like 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah, man. I was like, man, eh. you know, but. I think we signed up for that before they even announced the age group. So right, and that's an early race, like to have in. in yeah, it's always at you know my one of my my college roommate, they, the buddy of mine that was the powerlifter. He lives twenty five minutes from the venue. It's just so nice to take the train. Oh, that's up. cool. Yeah, man, he just drops me off, picks me up. I don't got to worry about anything. I stay for free. We have a great time. Have a long weekend, but it's it's never like like I don't want to run a beast in April. I'm not ready for it. Yeah, <laughs> you know so. But that's that's awesome. So you got two more beasts to end up the year. What else are you doing? You running any other races to end up the year? Oh man, I still got a bunch going on. I'm doing two. I got the two ultras, uh, going to Atlanta and running a super sprint there. Uh, is that Tybee Island or, or whatever that is? The the not Tybee Island, but is is that like the the island type well, course or is that for next year? The Lanier Islands. They're going to have a sprint there. Uh, I think in April. Cool. So cool, that's cool, a cool, cool venue, but the bad thing about it is, is it's only going to be a one day sprint. So that's kind of a yeah. bummer. It's a hike. Yeah. Um, but it, it's going to be in Conyers at the horse park for the super and sprint in October. Yep. And then I'm going to go to Florida and do the one in December. And I'm just going to do an open run at, uh, the bone frog in Charlotte. And, uh, we're going to go to Sa do the savage race. Ooh, I think it's in November. I want to say it's either the weekend of world's toughest mudder or the, 
weekend after it. I can't remember. Man, I'm gonna have to make a note to to check that out. Charlotte's not far from me. I mean, yeah, four or five hours, but. You know that you know next year the Charlotte Spartan race is going to be a super sprint weekend. Is it? That's awesome. Yeah, that's what I said too. Damn. That's really awesome. Yeah, I haven't run a super this year. I was going to run my first super on on Sunday and didn't end up doing it. So I don't even I'm going to trifecta this year. But. I don't know how long a drive it is for you, but the Conyers Super will be a pretty good. That's a good. That's a pretty cool venue if you've never done it before. I like it. Yeah. A lot of people are tired of it because there's about four different OCR companies that use that venue. Really? But I mean, I I always enjoy it. There's a hotel literally right across the street from the venue. Oh, that's brilliant. Yep, and it's the only one. It books up pretty fast. I just, it's just so awesome. You can go over there, get your bib and everything, and you can walk back across the street and eat some more of the continental breakfast they got in there if you want to you know? <laughs> well that sure as hell is the way to do it I've, I've been doing it wrong this whole time i'll tell you that yeah but That's it's cool great. you just walk over there and get in your hot shower put on some dry clothes walk back across the street and hang out man it's really cool man that's the way to do it golly hey and, dave and you said that's october yes I and i think the out. super's actually on a sunday which is kind of different yeah, and they're the doing that in, up here in Arrington. They're they're doing the sprint on Saturday and the super on Sunday. Oh, right, man, that's pretty yeah. cool, man. That's a cool yeah. venue. I enjoy, even though it's like you said, it was flat. That was a fun race, you know. I loved it. I did too. I, I to be honest with you, I thought that was the easiest race that I had ever done. I think from a, from a even it being a super from the standpoint of like I don't know whether I just felt great that day or or what it was. I think like the course. Everybody coming out so fast at that place, too. Yeah. I remember doing it. Do you remember how they had those hay bales, and they had the plastic on it? And yeah. everybody was busting their ass on busting it. Busting their tail, trying to slide off of it, and they just kept sliding. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was cool. I know. I was like, man, that was a game changer. Because you never even, you know, it's like, oh, it's just some hay bales, you know. But the hay bales that have the plastic on it, that is a different monster, man. It is, man. It's hard to get up. And, like, the second down. day, like, the plastic was torn on one of them. And, like... It, it, and everybody was bottlenecking on that one hay bale because they knew they could get over it. Actually do it. Yeah, wouldn't that suck? You miss the mandatory thing. You just can't get up the freaking hay bale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. So, hey, what'd man. What do you think of the swim before before we hop out? What do you think of that on, on Saturday? I mean, my mistake going into the swim was uh, – when I put the life preserver on, they said something about cinching it tight, and I didn't fool with it. So I was in there, and the thing was trying to like come up around my neck and choke me out. Right. I wish right. I'd have cinched it tighter. I pretty much just more or less backstroke the whole thing, pretty much. Yeah, I started. Uh, I started with you know freestyle, and then I, I just, you know. It just doesn't work with that life preserver. Doesn't work. On. I no, tried I was it too. Swallowing water and just not not having a good time with it so i flipped over to my back and did kind of a backstroke kind of like like butterfly backwards and, and i sink like a rock when i swim anyway i'm a horrible swimmer so yeah uh, i'm not great at it it felt good to be in the water oh definitely know, <laughs> i was very happy they had that i was actually worried they were going to do it like too soon in the race so that it wouldn't feel as good but it was very well timed i was very pleased yeah I'm, i mean i definitely enjoyed just getting wet you know 
100%. Well, hey, Dave, man, I got a list of questions that I usually always ask everybody that goes on here, and I know we're getting almost to an hour here, but I still want to ask you if you got the time, man. Fire them off. All right, so what was probably the best part about the race for you, man? I was just happy at, at kind of my mindset throughout the whole thing. Um, I was, I was, there were a lot of opportunities. I missed the spear, uh, missed up the ankle. And, and I was just, you know, a lot of times I kind of let that derail me in the past almost, or, or kind of get a, maybe not as positive of an attitude throughout, but I just had a really solid mantra going the whole time. I just, I, for like three straight hours, I just repeated, my legs are strong. My lungs are strong. My heart is strong. I'm enduring just over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, and, you know, even when I messed stuff up or, or whatever it was, I just kept that going. And so I was just really proud of kind of the mindset throughout. Uh, and I love the venue in general. So Your mantra is way more better than mine. My mantra is <laughs> like, this yours. sucks. Why am I running so slow? <laughs> Shut up, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> well, typically I'm like, I get halfway through the race and I go, shit, man. Like, I start thinking about my training for next year. Yeah. I start, like, I'm like, you know, uh, mm. this is hard. You know, so I, I, you know, like the whole thing that everybody does. And, and, yep. and it's it's just natural. So I, I was proactive about it this year, or this race, and, and it really paid dividends for me. So. Yeah. so what was probably the worst part about the race for it? And you've probably already touched on You're talking about your ankle, you know, but. Man, I, I don't know what it is with this with this spirit this guy. <laughs> i just don't get it like like i i bought one i practice it i would say i'm probably like 98 percent when i'm practicing in my backyard right i'll run and i'll do it at a high heart rate and you know like i can hit a you know i can hit a lamppost with a football from 40 yards like right. i just but i i'm probably 25 to 30 percent lifetime on the spear in a race and i don't know what it is and so like even with trying to be positive and, and having the mantra going, like when I get up to it, I'm like, well, shit, I'm probably going to miss this and I'm going to have to do burpees. And it's just nerves and pressure, man. It, it, it does. Is, man. It, it all rolls in there. And every time it leaves my hand and I'm just wondering, is it going to go in, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And when it does, it feels great. And when it does, like, like I think the one time I've hit the spear this year, I got on a podium. You know, so, I mean, like, like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, shit, all I got to do is hit the spear and just keep running. And, you know, so I just guess I'll just keep trying. I don't know. It's like, and you'll hear the elites talk about it, that it's getting to a race to where you can't fail. You know, if you fail right. an obstacle, you've pretty much, you're, you're out of a podium spot. Right, point, you know? right, right. But, but, you know, I was trying to like to see, like, I was really happy with Olympus coming in. Twister coming in was cool and, you know, oh, yeah. I, they've got to they've got to add something else next. I don't know what they're going to add, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, I enjoyed the monkey twister monkey obstacle. That I did was too. a blast to me. Yeah, I did that too. I messed so around with fun. that for a long time on Friday on the uh, the open house. I was there. I did a couple laps of that. I had a good time on that thing. Yeah, it was pretty fun. We were up there playing on it, and so me and Bill Brumbuck were up there, and I jumped to like from the stool. I jumped to like the third pole out. You know. Just to see <laughs> nice. if I could do it. And he was right behind me. And he jumped to like the second one and grabbed the third one that I had just jumped to. And when he grabbed the third one, the whole damn pipe just fell off of it. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah, they had no to way. shut the obstacle down and like make sure everything was tight on it again. Yeah. 
So, yeah. like, did did a whole row fall down, or just that one pipe? Just that down? one pipe. Yeah, it just wasn't. No it, it looked like they just hadn't clamped it good. Sure, sure, wasn't cinched. Yeah. So that's funny. Hey, man, what is like your pre, post, you know, and day of race ritual, man? Like, what do you eat the night before, the morning of? What supplements are you using? I mean, yeah. how are you getting that edge, man? Yeah. So. I try to not change anything up until race day. So uh, I don't really do a whole lot of carbo loading. I don't really do a whole lot of that stuff. Race morning, I mean. Well, I mean, you're same. already taking in 500 grams of carbs, right. so I, I would hope load. not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Here comes 1,500 now. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not doing that. Whole um, jar of honey this morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I do make a like the same smoothie every morning before a race. So it's one banana, um, like eight or ten ounces of, I forget which one it is, eight or ten ounces of coconut water. And then a little water. bit of protein. I'm a huge fan of coconut water. A um, little bit of protein, not a lot, maybe like 10 grams uh, and then some honey. So that's again, just a carb bomb and you know, my stomach can handle that. But, um, I take these and this might actually help, help you out with your, with the cramps and stuff. I take these, these electrolyte pills called rehydrate. Yeah. You heard of those? No. Um, man there, it's like sodium, potassium, um, calcium and magnesium. And so I'll take I take three of those every hour when I'm racing. Oh, wow. And I take like one gel every half hour and then cliff blocks every half hour. Mm-hmm. So I alternate between those two. Um, but my main tradition ever since my first race, and I look forward to this very, very much, is after every single race, I have a large chocolate frosty from Wendy's. I freaking love Wendy's. I never get to eat it. I don't really do a whole lot of fast food. Sometimes I'll have two if the drive's really long. But that, like, the drive home, I'll just, I try to hold out as long as I can. And then when I just can't hold out any longer, I pull over, I grab my Frosty, and it's always the best. Man, I thought so. you were going to say something good, like a king-size <laughs> blizzard or something like that, man. No, man, just a Frosty. Just a Frosty. Nothing, nothing too good, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always always the tradition. What about you? What's your tradition before and after? Uh, I'm like you, man. I I usually I think this time I downed uh, two cartons of coconut water the day before. Yeah. And I usually always do that. Try to bathe myself in coconut water just for the hydration and everything. Right. And um, you know the the night before, I think we all went somewhere and we got a steak. And uh, no, we went to Hooters. I think we got. <laughs> How'd you forget that? Good yeah. For <laughs> well, we went and got steak a Saturday night, so nice. so we nice. went to Hooters and we I split twenty wings with my buddy and got a plate of loaded tater tots. <laughs> Love it. Love it. You're ready to rock. Yeah, my nutrition's off. I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> off with air quotes. And so uh, for know. for breakfast, you know, I, I eat a little bit. I don't go crazy. I drank a little bit more coconut water. Um, had a banana. Uh, I think I might've just had, no, I think I went and got some frosted flakes out of the, uh, continental. Yeah. The continental and they didn't have the milk ready. So I just poured coconut water in my frosted flakes and ate it like that. Oh, you're a savage. Which That's wasn't, good. which wasn't that bad. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would have rather had milk, but sure, you know, sure, of course, of course. You, you do what you do. I do try to get up and, you know, forks down three hours before the race, you know, do you? Do yes. you? Yeah. 
And I got that That's... from the Hammer Nutrition uh, website and their endurance and the way they talk about it. Um, right before oh, the race, uh, 30 minutes before, I drank uh, the Endura, Endura Elite, I think it was. Endura Elite, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that That's stuff. Pretty it's, good. it's pretty nice. I like nice. that stuff a lot. They say you should load it, and I did kind of coming up into this, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I've been having trouble sleeping, so and that stuff's got a lot of caffeine in it, and I drink like two cups of coffee already a day, too. So I'll probably start loading it up like maybe a a week or so before the next race or something. And and they're saying to load it up like like, every day. Every day, every day. Scoop or two. Because it's got beats in it, you know, and the cordyceps sure. or whatever they call it. Yeah, so yeah. So they say you should load it every day. Um, Interesting. And I think, and I had uh, Hammer Nutrition, uh, their Endurolite pills, which is their, like, their spectrum of, you know, like salt and the same stuff you were talking about. Right, right, right. And, man, I was taking them, but it wasn't helping, man. I don't yeah. know what's going on. I don't know if it just wasn't. I took one before the race, right off, and then I took another one an hour into the race, and when we right. got to the sandbag, all that weight and going up that hill on my calves and everything, right. they, they were just trying to cramp, man, and yeah, I, think, I think I threw another one in right then, you know, I ended up taking, you know, a few salt tablets, and it just wasn't working, man. Right, right. I was I bummed, do. too. Yeah, man, I mean, I... What I do kind of every morning, I, I drink 15 or 20 ounces of water and I, and I do like a, a big old pinch of like Himalayan sea salt in there. Right. Um, and, and I think that kind of really helps to tide my, the mineral stuff over. Um, you know, I, I get a lot of salt in my diet that way, but you know, those, those rehydrate tablets, like for me, at least they work really, really well, really well. And, uh, the last chick, um, uh, Sheena that I was interviewing, she did the ultra at Breckenridge and she was telling me that she was using these, um, it's like a, a salt electrolyte gummy. And I was thinking, huh. man, that's perfect. You know, you know, you eat that and that way you don't have to have water to swallow a pill. So, I mean, exactly. And that is always the pain in the butt. Cause sometimes I'll like, I'll blow through a water station and forget and be like, Oh shoot, I should have taken those pills. And or, then you're trying to swallow it with your spit. Yeah. <laughs> Man, let me tell you. I'm glad I'm not the only one that has to deal with this. Yeah, so I tried. I was doing that when I did the New Jersey Beast, you know, and I had like these pills from Hammer Nutrition. They're called anti fatigue pills. I don't even remember what's in them, but. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah, it's anti fatigue. Hey, I need that. It's an ultra. So. Marketing at its finest. I, I was trying to take one of those salt pills you know and i was just trying to swallow it dry man and it got stuck in my throat and i'm like that'd be uh, great for me to fall out right here choking on a damn pill you know <laughs> die a brave man's death i'm know? not kidding dude it like it got scary for a second there and i was like okay i'm not doing that anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny so um hey man so what is probably uh your most favorite race you know ever you know that you've ever done and it could be and it doesn't have to be spartan any any race yeah man i i love charlotte i love that venue i've been doing that i think four or five four years in a row and and it's just it's a super fun venue it's fast it's flat Uh, obviously i I got on the podium there this year so that makes me feel good about it It smells like Um, cow shit 
you know i mean that's <laughs> yeah you get a lot of cow shit i uh two years ago i leaned on the electric fence and that was a shocker nah <laughs> you know <laughs> i remember but, running by um that same year and I remember touching it, and I was like, I wonder if this is me being just dumb curiosity. I wonder if this is on. And I touched it. It, it did not shock me. I don't know if they had it turned on one day and they didn't the other day. It know. shocked the hell out of me. We were <laughs> right by it. And, it, and it, it was one of those things where I, I kind of stepped in a little hole, and I kind of like stumbled a little bit, and I was just kind of catching myself. And it, dude, I almost liked it because it woke my ass up real yeah. quick. You know, and it was like that last mile in the race and i was like oh all right we're back in let's go we're back in yeah exactly but uh, actually i'll tell you what i kind of did it on saturday i got stung by a hornet in the uh on my hand like i don't know maybe nine or eight nine or ten miles in and that woke me up pretty good i know somebody so. said that they got stung right where you come down a hill and there was like some kind of like a little mud patch kind of like yep. a marsh or something Yep, that where that's exactly at? where it was. That's exactly where it was. Or so it must have been a yellow jacket if it's up in the mud or something like that. Yeah. I didn't actually see it, but um, yeah, it woke me up real good. So, you know, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. But uh, yeah, I'm a big Char- Charlotte fan. I loved Wintergreen just in a, in a like a in a messed up kind of way. Yeah, um, that was a fun. Upset. That was a fun venue. You know, I heard that uh, they lost that venue because the racers were trashing it. Yep, that's exactly what I heard too. That's exactly what I heard too. And I was actually, I went up there with a buddy of mine. He's got a place in Wintergreen and we went about a month ago and there was still trash up there, man. No way. Like, I swear to you, I ran on the, like up in the woods and everything. I was on a couple of those trails and, and it was kind of cool because they got, I ran by somewhere and it was, it was one of those, one of those, like, uh, it must've been the dunk walls. It was like the up over walls or something like that. And, and they just never took them down. They were still painted. They were kind of all like rustic and, you know, wow! Was falling, falling over. It was really cool to see, um, but I, I picked up trash, you know, like on the run. So I, I don't blame them one bit. I mean, that's a beautiful venue. It's a gorgeous ski slope, and it's a shame, frankly. Mm-hmm. But um, man, you ought to, yeah, you ought to, you ought to do Palmerton. Palmerton's pretty cool. I did do Palmerton in seventeen. No, oh, you I did. did I, mean, I, I like yeah. it. I went. This is my I first year this year, and I, I really like that place. That was a fun race to me. Did they do the double sandbag there as well? Oh yes, they did. That that was that's like, a mother, I, dude. I had never seen like I'd never seen like grown men like cry like that. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm serious, man. Like it was there were some rough. dudes on that mountain that were pretty pretty strapped up yoke dudes and like just couldn't handle it, you know. And and that My, was brutal. My goal was to not set the bags down, and I would I stopped several times and rested the one I was carrying with my hands on on, on, my, on yeah. my quad, but I never sat down. I never stopped, and that was that was my goal. Dude, so I was happy good on about you, that. man. We did two laps there. You're a you're a monster. That's wild. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the second lap was just fun, and we took our time. It probably took us twice as long the second lap as it did the first lap but it was just good sure. time man that's fun going out there and doing that bonus lap i mean i don't do it on a beast of course but you know a super or a sprint man that's just good times man yeah i'm i gotta start doing that more when, when i get that when i get that pass i'm definitely gonna do that because i've gone out and like 
So up in DC, I think the DC sprint last year, I ran it with a buddy of mine on Saturday and then I coached it with like four or five clients of mine who were all doing their first Spartan race. Oh, cool. It's like four or five chicks and we just had the best time, man. And it was, it was super fun. Like kind of walking them through the course and, and I mean, dude, we walked pretty much the whole thing, but had a blast doing it. That was probably the most fun I've had during a race. So yeah, I, I totally see that. So I, I got to do more of that. It's because you get like you get the competitive side of it, but then you right. get you get the fun side of it, and just seeing everybody out there. You know, like you said, doing their first race. You know, or just yeah. just hanging Helping out people, with people, hanging out, not yeah, being man. in a hurry, being in a rush. You know, exactly. I'm gonna have to start doing that. It's so much fun, dude. So much fun. But yeah, I mean, the, my reasoning in Charlotte was is because I hadn't been putting in a lot of miles, and I said I'm gonna try to do at least you know, you know, three laps and just kind of practice what it's gonna be like doing the ultra. And you know, once I, I started, I said I felt good after three. I said I'm gonna do one more, you know. And that fourth one, I was like, okay, this is the last one. <laughs> so can you just hop in? So you know, I have the pass. So right. I wanted to get all of my laps timed. So when you finished a race, you had to go to race day registration and pay your $15 insurance fee and you could run it again. Okay. So I had to do that. And that was kind of, kind of a pain because it was kind of sprinkling out there. So sure. you had to go to bag check, get your bag, you know, get your money, go your buy bag. your next yeah. race and then take the bag check back, you know, but right. At least you don't have to like. You just walk up there and hand them your bag because you keep the same armband on. So yeah, okay. but I mean, it, it never was, and it gave you a little bit of a break in between the laps too. That way, so you didn't feel like you were just totally killing yourself. Right, so you're not just plowing through oh, one yeah. after another. Yeah, but yeah, man, it was so much fun. That's got to be one of the funnest race days I ever had. And it oh, rained. Awesome. It rained almost the whole day. It was just so much yeah. fun. And the only thing I failed. <laughs> I failed Olympus, I think, two times. I had a perfect race for all four races except for failing no Olympus twice. Yeah. God, I'm going to have to, offline, you're going to have to give me your spirit tips. <laughs> Man, I just, I go in the backyard and there's a, I have one tree in my backyard and I throw a spear at it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. God, that's what I do. But, I mean, but shoot, I missed it on the sprint, you know, but half of the hay bales were jacked up on the sprint. Yeah, I saw pictures of that from Saturday. That, but, looked, that looked so crazy. I was like, uh, and I was running with friends, so I went over there and did thirty burpees, and we were they we just played around with the spear a few you know a few more times, and I went to one and there was like no hay bales on it, and I just took that spear and just chunked it as hard as I could, and I stuck it into the helmet on the top St of the spear. Stuck it in the wood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> count it. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I wish I awesome. could do that every time I was racing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kill shot. <laughs> All right, Dave, man, I got one more question for you. So to this point, what has been like your worst or your hardest race and why? Oh, man. Um, hardest race was definitely that 50 miler for sure. I was just not prepared physically. Mentally, I was 100% prepared, but... That was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, hands down. Hardest Spartan race was that first wintergreen, also because I was totally unprepared. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I would imagine my first ultra is probably going to be up there, as that's going to be, you know, as hard as I try, I'm probably going to be woefully unprepared for that one as well. So, you know, I, I think that 
when I when I actually can like plan and and frankly think things through before I do them, I tend to do decently in them. But um, the wintergreen like that, I, I finished like twenty six hundred out of you know five thousand people. Like I was like halfway, and then you know at the same time, and I swore I would never do it again. And then that next year, I showed up and I finished like twelve hundred. You know, I was like, no shit. You know, maybe mm-hmm. if I tried, I could do a little bit better, you know? And, and so that was kind of transformative just coming out and doing it and putting myself through that. But, you know, I'm, that kind of kicked everything off. So that was like the hardest and the best and the worst all at the same, same time. Yeah, man. Wintergreen was one of those races where you, when you were running that race, you were like, man, I've gone up seven miles and only went down one, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> That's the way it feels out there. Yeah. And, and it's just like, those, those were the races where I was like, you know, that's where I realized the tagline, you know, Spartan's tagline of you'll know at the finish line. Exactly. Like during the race, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like, why would I do this? This is just not an intelligent thing to do. And then you finish <laughs> and you're like, okay, I get it. That was awesome. You know? I'm ready to sign up for another one. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They've done a hell of a job, man. Hey, man, you need to come to Spartanburg and do that ultra there. That's going to be a pretty flat one. I'm thinking about it. I that was my least favorite course that I think that I've ever done, man. To be honest with you, I, why? You know, because all, of the briars. The, it, it was all that deadfall, and like it, oh, it looked yeah. like for about a mile or two that really the first couple miles, honestly, that like a hurricane had gone through there, and I, I just felt like I I didn't feel like it was there wasn't anything scenic to me about it, and I just felt like I was gonna get impaled and, and like die <laughs> on that stuff. Yeah, it was kind of plain, but I mean, I liked it because, you know, you were in the woods that looked one certain way, that looked like a dry wooded area one minute, and then the next minute you were in kind of like a swampy looking area, and then the next minute you were in kind of like this field, you know, you know, so. It was very, it was was extremely varied, it it It, really was. You know, that, that but I mean, you're, there wasn't really nothing about the race that stood up as far as, you know the way it looked of course right right as far as scenery goes but it was fun i i just didn't had a good time at the race i guess i i always wear pants so i never get tore up by the briars <laughs> yeah the briars don't really get me and i wear i wear like the long compression pants and i roll those up over my knees and then i wear those long socks so i, I don't really get the briar issues either um it was mostly the deadfall and just kind of like the the lack of scenery so yeah. I, I did a I did a Tough mutter here in, in Richmond, and it, it was basically held in the parking lot, right? And, like, I realized one of the reasons why I love Spartan so much is their use of the, the environment, use of right. scenery. Yeah, exactly, you know, and, and it made me appreciate West Virginia, and, yeah. you know, all those other venues so much more because, I mean, you know, to me, to me personally, right, and everybody's got their different view on this, you know, like, I, I'm not running to go roll around in the mud, Right. right, you know, and, and a lot of people scenery. are. That's totally cool, you know. Yeah. But but you know, I love being outside. I love having those venues. I love the competition aspect, and and you know, that's I probably won't do another Tough Mudder again. That's yeah. why I'm on the I Am Spartan podcast, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Man, but, I I want to do a Tough Mudder, but dang, man, they're expensive. They are very expensive. The, the, I will tell you those those eight hours or you know or twenty four hour races are intriguing. Yeah, um, you much. know they they really are just and, and not so much like hey you got to hit 
32 miles it's like well how far can you go in right. x amount of time because you can always go a little farther you know so like that is intriguing their obstacles are kind of novel yeah and i think if they were to do it at a different venue it would be cool yeah because uh, my plan was to try world's toughest mudder this year and i mean but it was like 500 bucks and i'm thinking dang that's moly. that's half of the spartan pass for this right. year and I'm, and then that Carolina Ultra come out, and I was like, nah, I'm going to do the Carolina Ultra. I'll do World's smart. Toughest Mudder next year, maybe. You know, that's smart. Yeah, I think I'm because of this transition to like the the shorter, faster stuff. I, I think I'm probably going to hold off on the Ultra this year, but I, I do want to, like, I I want to qualify for Tahoe in elite. Like, if they do it again next year, I, this might be the last year they do World Championships there. I don't know, but you know, I want to qualify for those big races in elite. And like run those longer races there, so I'm I'm probably gonna earmark that for my my 2020 goal or something like that. We'll see. Yep, of course this you know they made it a little harder in um elite two. I think it's top ten, but it was this this year you could only you had to be top ten at the the championship series race. Yep. Or Which you is had hard. to get, uh, I guess it was top twenty in elite here maybe. Yep. Yep. Or could you, I think if you podiumed a race oh, yeah. elsewhere, like a general race, if you got top three, I think it was, you, you ended up being able to go. And obviously that's quite difficult as well. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I come close. I, to I, My best uh, positioning was I got ninth place in elite at Fort oh, Benning. Yeah. But it was the first year Fort Benning was, you know, had their race there. So they're just, I mean, there wasn't a lot of people there to begin with. So, sure. I mean, that no, my, was my, my best. That's a fun race. I did Fort Benning actually as well. I uh, didn't do that well, but it's my best race has been stadiums. Like I've gotten 16th and 20th in a lead there. And yeah. that's, I've been pretty consistent in like the top 30 this, this year and the end of last year in a lead. But, you know, I'm, you know, that first time, that's my first age group race. I didn't even think I did that well. I almost went home. I went back in my car. I was so cold. And I was like, F this. I'm going home. Yeah. I, I'm going to go see how I did. So, obviously, I'm glad I did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, for sure. You know, had a good time. Well, hey, Dave, man. I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us tonight, man. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on, man. It was cool to see you this, this weekend. And uh, we'll definitely have to link up over the next couple of months here. And, and maybe get a, get one of those fun races together. Yeah, man. What's your next race going to be? Um, I think Philly. Philly up on the 22nd. And I know you're doing Killington the, the weekend prior to that. Yeah. Uh, I might I might come down there to Georgia, man. If that works out with the calendar, uh, I might do Conyers or whatever that, that venue is down there near Atlanta. So. Cool, man. It's a pretty fun race, man. I, I enjoy it. I like that venue just because it's just it's convenient venue. And it, it's pretty yeah. fun. And they do a lot of different stuff there, especially on the Super. They'll actually, last time they had a Super at that venue, they run you underneath the highway through like, you know, these, it's like a concrete bridge, like culvert. You go huh. underneath it and you'll run on like a, an old, like a golf course part. And you actually will go through some of the Olympic, you know, horse park. No area. way, that's cool. And you, there was one thing, they run you through like one of the horse obstacles one time. It was, it was <laughs> that's super cool. I'll yeah, have to check that out. And they throw, a, they have like a cargo net cliff climb there too. And it makes the one at West Virginia look like a, a kitty obstacle. It really does. Wow. No 
Yeah. Well, I mean, man, you might see me down there. Hey, man, it's a cool venue, and you better holler at me if you come down, man. I sure will, bro. Thank you for having me on. Hey, man, thanks for chatting with us. We'll talk to you later, Seriously. bro. Sounds good. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the interview, guys. I want to thank Dave again for taking the time to talk to us. He's a super cool guy. Um, my next race is going to be in Killington, Vermont. Me, Leanne, Michael, and my buddy Patrick are all going up there. And uh, I'm going to be doing the Ultra. I'm not ready for it. I'm unprepared. But I'm going to do it anyway. So if you see me out there, come and say what's up. Uh, I want to thank everybody that I saw in West Virginia that uh, come up to me and told me they've been listening to the podcast. It really means a lot, guys. And I, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, leave a review on iTunes if you want to. Tell me about how bad we suck. It don't matter. And we'll see you at the next race. Peace.